Well, hey, again, welcome. Welcome to Mosaic. Uh, if we haven't met before, my name is Bill. Uh, so glad that you guys are here. Uh, today is going to be the last week in this series. Uh, throughout basically all of summer, we've been in the parables of Jesus. Uh, we've been really kind of exploring specific parables of grace. Uh, that we don't come to Jesus with our winnings. We don't come to him with our accomplishments, our riches. Uh, we come to him with the ways that we've failed. We come to him with our losses. Uh, we come to him with our brokenness. And it's there in those moments that we find grace. And so this has been just a really kind of cool series. And it's important for us to remember just uh, why Jesus told parables. And so today, uh, the parable that we're going to tell today, it's less a parable of grace and more a parable of why Jesus told parables, uh, which we probably should have done this one on the front end, not the back end. Uh, but I also think that uh, it's very important because Jesus's parables, it's not about being crystal clear. It's about bringing you into something mysterious. It's about kind of puzzling you a little bit uh, to get you to remember the story and to get you to listen. And so really, I think this is the perfect time to go through this parable because really, if there's one of the parables that ever stuck out to you or even any of the ones that we read, uh, it's just vital for us as followers of Jesus to read through them, to meditate on them, to whisper them, uh, and to do that. And then we find ourselves in the story. Uh, and that's the beauty of really Jesus' parables, is his intention uh, essentially is to get us to listen. Uh, any bad listeners out there? What? <laughs> I almost fell for it, too. I was like, did you guys really not hear the question? Oh, man. Like, uh, I, I, can, I can remember many times where I'm just a terrible, terrible listener. Uh, have you ever been to, have you ever met someone, or maybe you're at a party or something like that, and the person talking to you is always looking over at your shoulder? <laughs> yep. They're just seeing if someone else more interesting than you is in the back of the room. <laughs> like, yep, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but have you ever done that to someone? I can remember a time that I did that. I remember it was actually here at Mosaic. Uh, the, one of my friends came up and she was talking to me uh, about something really meaningful. It was like some way that God kind of uh, is do, was doing something in her heart and uh, earlier in the week, a different friend said, hey, my brother's coming to Mosaic. I really want you to meet him. And I saw them walking out. And so I interrupted her and I was like, I'm so sorry, but I need to go meet my friend's brother. Uh, and I just saw the look on her face of just like, are you kidding me? Uh, but I didn't do anything. You know what I mean? I just kind of walked away. And I remember I was like, oh man, I, I, missed, I missed the ball there big time. Or have you ever introduced yourself for the first time to someone Multiple times. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I was a part of a fairly large church in, when I lived in Los Angeles. It was also called Mosaic. And uh, the lead pastor there met me for the first time five times. I remember that. I have one of those faces where people just, they, I, people always say, you look really familiar. Or people don't remember me. I just have one of those plain faces. Uh, but have you ever done that to anyone? I can remember uh, I met someone at the bay one time, and I was like, hey, how's it going? My name's Bill. And I just saw the look on her face, and I said, have we met before? And she said, yeah, a few times. 
and we're Facebook friends. I was like, oh man, I am really bad at this. Oh. But I feel like even when we think, when we have a conversation about listening, uh, look at the world today. Everyone is shouting. Everyone has this thing and everyone is yelling, right? Everyone has an opinion. Everyone has this thing that they want to convey. They want to say, they want to get across. People don't have conversations anymore. They're just having arguments, right? When you talk to someone, typically they're just waiting for you to stop talking so that they can say what they want to say. We are really bad at listening, and Jesus knows this. Jesus knows how bad we are at listening, and this is why he told so many parables. Because parables, these stories, they infect us. They infect our hearts, and they stick to our minds, and then we can't get them out. Think about any teacher uh, in all of human history, who, like Jesus, who existed 2,000 years ago, we still tell his stories today. His stories are that powerful and that memorable that we are still telling these stories today because there's power to the stories that Jesus tells. And so today we're going to practice listening. Uh, We're going to practice really, truly uh, diving in and listening to what uh, he has to say to us. So we're going to do the parable of the soils. Uh, The parable of soils is in Matthew chapter 13. Uh, so if you have a copy of the scriptures, you guys can go there, but it'll also be up on the screen. Um, and really, as we just dive in today, just really open your ears. Uh, at the end of this parable, Jesus says this profound line. He says, those who have ears, let them hear. So let's on the front end have ears and let us hear. Um, Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 1, it says, later that same day, Jesus left the house And sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. And there he sat and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, uh, such as this one. Uh, Let's stay on that slide for a second. Can we go back? Thank you. Uh, I think it's really important for us to kind of like set the scene here, right? There's so many people that are gathering. Jesus gets on a gets on a boat and goes out into the water. And the reason he does this is because sound can travel further over water than it does on land, right? And so Jesus is sitting on this boat in the water, and he has this captivated audience who are sitting on the shore just waiting for him to speak wisdom into their lives. If there's a moment for Jesus to be crystal clear, it is this moment right here. If there's a moment for him to really just convey like he's got this giant audience, he needs to be clear, super clear. But you also have to understand who his audience is in this moment. Who his audience is in this moment, it consists of probably three different people groups. One, a group of people who hate him and probably want him dead. A group of people who love what he has to say They've seen miracles, they've seen healings, and they desperately want to follow him. And people who are probably pretty impartial. So this is his audience. These are the people that he's talking to. This is his moment to be crystal clear. And this is what he says. We can go to the next slide. He says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. (laughs) Just bring yourself into that moment, right? 
This is Jesus, we have to remember, this is Jesus' moment to be crystal clear about what he is about. And he tells this random story about a farmer who goes out to plant some seeds. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it didn't have much soil. Uh, It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop of 160 or 30 times what was sown. Let's go to the next slide. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And then I love this next line. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? (laughs) Because this is Jesus' moment to be crystal clear. And he tells this random story about a farmer. A farmer who has some seeds and he throws the seeds out and some fall on a footpath. Some fall in these rocks where there's just shallow soil. Some fall along the thorns and some falls on good soil. It's like, why did you just tell this story? This is so weird. And essentially, like, we have, to, we have to also ask ourselves, what is Jesus' mission here? What is he trying to do? What is he trying to accomplish? And we actually get an answer to that question right at the start of Jesus' ministry. What he says is this. Uh, we find it in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Uh, I don't have a slide for that one, guys. But then on Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew uh, 4.23, just a few verses later, it says, Jesus traveled through the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And so if you've been around Mosaic, we use that word a lot, that word kingdom. And the reason why we, why we use that word so much is because Jesus uses that word a lot. And if you were to go into work tomorrow and ask your coworker, what does a Christian believe? The typical response that you'll get from someone is, oh, Christians believe uh, you get forgiveness of your sins so that you can go to heaven, right? And so often that becomes the only part of the story. But we have to understand when Jesus is, is proclaiming the kingdom of heaven, is that he's also proclaiming it in a really captivating way. In Luke chapter 17, 21, he he says, uh, nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is within you, right? And so Jesus coming to earth, what he's saying is the kingdom is here because of him. He is uh, is literally ushering, ushering in heaven on earth. He is literally bringing the rule and reign of God Essentially, what he's saying is, uh, you know how everything was united perfectly, heaven and earth, at the beginning in the garden? Uh, That's what we're working towards. God's taking the world back, right? And I know this concept, it's so funny that it becomes a confusing concept because it's essentially what all of Jesus' message is. Uh, and I know it's, a, it's also a fairly big concept, and so I, uh, I, I have a video for you guys. Uh, I wish I would have produced this one, but I didn't. And we've watched videos by these guys in the past. They're 
uh, from the Bible Project. And I think that they explain this concept of uniting in heaven and earth really well. Because when we talk about kingdom of losers, the kingdom that Jesus is coming to build, it's really important for us to understand what that kingdom is. Uh, So the video is about five minutes long. I want to show it to you guys. They do a better job explaining it uh, very quickly and visually than I can. So let's rock and roll with that. Savita, thank you. So in the Bible, the ideas of heaven and earth are ways of talking about God's space and our space. So I understand our space really well. We live here. There's trees, rivers, mountains. But my understanding of God's space gets a little fuzzy. And what we do get in the Bible are images.
place where Jesus absorbed sin to create a clean space that is not limited by animal sacrifices. Jesus' sacrifice has the power to keep spreading and spreading and reuniting more and more heaven and earth. And this is all really great, but it leaves one big question in my mind, which is, what happens when I die? Don't I just fly over to God's space to be with Jesus? Yeah, so a few times in the New Testament, we learn that Christians will be with Jesus in heaven after they die. But that is not the focus of the Bible story. The focus is on how heaven and earth are being reunited through Jesus and will be completely brought together one day when he returns. So in the book of Revelation, we get this beautiful image of the Garden of Eden, now in the form of a city, coming to end the age of Oof, give it up for those guys. Love it. Can we pop the lights back on? Uh, and if you're offended by a blurred out middle finger, you haven't been around Mosaic long enough. Um, so we have this moment, right, where Jesus is making these bold claims. Jesus is making these bold claims about who he is and what he is doing. Literally, heaven is crashing down to earth in and through him. So people hate him for saying that. People love him for saying that. And people are indifferent to him for saying that. This is his audience. This is his audience. Now we begin to see why he tells this story. He tells this story to see how receptive we are. To see how we are listening. Those who have ears, let them hear. Because if you hate Jesus and you go to hear him talk and he just tells a story about a farmer planting seeds, you're like, this guy is nuts. And you walk away, right? But if you're intrigued, if you're puzzled, if you're confused, that actually captivates your attention and you want to know more. And so Jesus is inviting these people into the journey of listening, into the journey of really doing this self-discovery. Because the second faith becomes something that's comfortable, uh, we're not listening anymore. I love what, uh, uh, really a big part of this series was inspired by an author, uh, Robert Farrar Capone, and he was an author of a book called Kingdom, uh, Grace, and Judgment, The Parables of Jesus. And uh, here's a quote that I want to read from you guys. I think we have it up on the slide as well. It says, For Jesus, the meaning of God's kingdom is a radical mystery even as he tells people about it, remains permanently intractable as all attempts to fully grasp it. Jesus did not use the parables to explain everything to the people's satisfaction, but rather to call into question people's previous understandings. In other words, the parables are trying to upset people's existing ideas as well as to provide them new ones. They are meant to pop every circuit breaker in people's minds, After all our yammer and opinions about how God should or shouldn't run the world, getting people to just stand there with their eyes wide open and their mouths shut would be a giant step forward. (laughs) This is what Jesus' parables are designed to do. Right? So do you have ears to hear? Do you have ears to listen? 
right? Because his disciples, they're confused. They're intrigued. Why are you telling these stories, Jesus? Why are you telling these parables? And then Jesus tells them. Uh, The story goes on. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. This is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of the peoples are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see. And their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. And let me heal them. That translation in the NIV says, and I would heal them. Right? Because we become like soil. Our hearts are a lot like that soil. And so as we listen to this parable, as we find ourselves in this story, when we're intrigued, when we're puzzled, when we actually listen, we begin asking ourselves some hard questions. What soil am I? What soil am I? What soil are you? And even at a deeper level, I feel like we exist in different ways as each one of the soils. So rather than saying, are you just hard soil? It's saying, what areas in your life are you hard soil? It's not, it's not hard to look around and to think about some people in your life that are really bad at listening that are really, really hard soil. Uh, It's not like you go on Facebook and you're like, everyone's just yelling. Everyone's just angry all the time. Uh, Everything that's happening, where are you hard soil? Where are you not listening? And what's beautiful about this parable is as we continue to read, uh, Jesus explains it to us. Uh, So let's go to verse 16. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and they don't understand it. Um... I think it's really vital for us to see that word. They don't understand it as well. Because sometimes those people in our life that we're quick to judge and say that person is hard soil, a lot of times they just don't understand. And even in your life, where are you really struggling to understand? Uh, because we don't live in a culture, I feel like, where we have conversations. We just kind of have uh, yelling matches. Um, no, I won't share that story. I was going to tell a story, but I'm not going to. Sorry. I should have just kept that in my brain. You know when you like should just say something in your head and filter it? Okay, never mind. Uh, okay, here we go. So, 
when we find ourselves here, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, uh, when we desire listening, when we desire understanding, because the thing about the parable of the soils, it's not an environment that we have to stay in. It's not an environment that we have to always exist in. Uh, But as we listen and as we let these parables shape us, as we let the teachings of Jesus shape us, uh, that hard soil um, can become soft. Uh, I read a really interesting article this week. It was, you know, just kind of, it explained a lot about a lot of like younger millennial Christians that I know and their heartbeat and how often it seems like they're in conflict with the older baby boomer Christians that I know. And you in this room, I saw a lot of heads nodding because there's, there's a lot of ways that we're not on the same page. And this article, it was, it was beautiful because he said, can we just talk to each other? Can we just listen? Can we just kind of have this dialogue? And I... And what it, you know, like anything, you click on the comments and you're like, whoa, blown out of proportion. But uh, the beauty of that is we have to find the place where we actually come to a place where we say, maybe I don't understand everything. Maybe I don't have it right. And that's a good place to be. And so really, because I know like Mosaic, we're a pretty diverse church. We have a lot of younger people who follow Jesus and we have a lot of older generation that follow Jesus. Like, we're, we're a beautiful mix of those. And so for you millennial Christians in the room today, you are so passionate about faith, and I'm so glad that you're passionate about your faith. Uh, but we need to be thankful for our parents. We need to be thankful for their faith. Like, they've taught us so much. They taught us the scriptures. They taught us to pray. They taught us how to give generously with our money to our church and to people, right? And even though we're not on the same page, uh, we can have a conversation. And that we don't have to be hard soil either. Because I know sometimes it feels like, oh, we're the good soil and they're the hard soil. But guess what? Also, uh, my baby boomer Christian friends in the house, right? You have given, you have so much wisdom. You have so much knowledge. Uh, but it is also the faith of the younger generation. They have some meaningful things to say. And I would just say, and I just want to throw it out there, would you be willing to listen? Would you be willing to wrestle? To be, to be part of this, this kingdom where we're not always trying to win an argument, right? Because I think that's the culture of today is we're always trying to win. We're always trying to, we always think we're right. We're right and the other person is wrong and we don't care what they say. We just want to convince them of our opinion. But we're not listening when we do that. We're always trying to win, but the gospel is always calling us to lose, to lose our ego, to lose uh, all of our ideas of what we think, and, it's ca- and it wants us to think. It wants us to really investigate. And so for you in this room, I, I just wonder how many in this room resonate with that, right? Who in us is that hard soil, Because we don't fully understand the kingdom. We think we do. But we are all in this place, essentially. There's elements of the kingdom we understand and elements that we don't understand. But also this 
soil represents people that we know, people in our lives that they hear a message of grace or a message of Jesus and they just don't care. Uh, You just don't care. And then the evil one comes and just snatches away what is sown in their heart. Uh, This is the seed that's sown along the path. So then if we continue on, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Uh, And this is very relevant, especially 2,000 years ago to Jesus' followers. Tons of persecution. If Jesus is trying to, if people are trying to get Jesus killed, if you follow Jesus, people are going to want you dead as well. Uh, We don't experience it that that much in 21st century America, Christianity. Uh, But when I think about, okay, who uh, and where am I, uh, that shallow root? Where am I? I quickly spring up and then it easily dies off. I know exactly where it falls for me and I wonder if it does for you. And that's where, where where our faith is shallow. And a lot of times when I look across the landscape, uh, shallow faith looks like uh, we follow Jesus for what we get out of it. God becomes essentially like a genie. So when trouble comes, when hardships come, uh, we pray. And if God doesn't answer our prayers, we're like, forget you. I'm done. Because you didn't give me what I wanted. And so it's important for us as we are in that place, what deep, good roots look like uh, is perseverance. Continuing on, the next seed. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And so the roots here can be deep, but we get really worried about all the things going on in our life. And so what are the thorns in your life? What are those things that are taking priority for you over you seeing Jesus through you bring heaven to earth, right? Because if we truly believe that message, that through us, that Christ in us, right, that Christ cleanses us, our temples, our bodies, so that his spirit can live in us, right? The kingdom of God is in us. And we could see heaven literally come to earth because of Jesus in and through us, right? And if there's a lot of times in our life where that's not the priority, and it's, it's like that for me as well, but we ask ourselves a question, wh- what are those thorns in our life? And then the last seed. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what is sown. Uh, and this is the one, if you're anything like me, I read this one and... Uh, I have this voice in the back of my head that talks to me every single day, and it says, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. And so when I read this, what's really hard for me is I see yields a crop 160 or 30 times what is sowed. I think to myself, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not seeing a crop of 160 or 30. Honestly, it kind of feels like things are like dying in my life at times. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Is this part of my like bad soil and it might be it totally could be but I think what's really important here is for us to self-reflect in our life and what are those areas of good soil 
What are those areas where God is just captivating your heart? And really, when we look at fruit, uh, Paul says the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Look at what those are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Right? When we see that fruit in our life, when we see those fruits in the lives of our friends and our family around us, then we know we're tapping into the kingdom. We're tapping into something good, true, and beautiful. And so, do you have ears to hear? Do you allow Jesus' parables to shape who you are? These are not meant to be read and just once and thrown off. These are meant to be read over and over and over again. These are meant to be whispered. These, and really, essentially, I hear a lot of times from people, how do I hear the voice of God? How do I hear the voice of God? If we believe Jesus is God, this is the voice of God, right? And the scriptures shape us and they form us so that when we find ourselves in a situation where we're hard soil, we go, whew, God, you're right. I'm being really hard soil in this moment. Or we find ourselves and thorns begin to choke us out. The worries about life, worries about money or family or success or focusing too much on our failures, whatever that is, we begin to notice that. And then the voice of the scriptures, the voice of Jesus, the voice of God speaks to us. And so really, we're going to, today, I, I want us to share communion together. And as we share communion together, I just want us to pray a simple prayer. And that is, Jesus, open my ears so that I can listen. And then being bold enough to ask the question, where am I hard soil? Where is my faith shallow? And where am I being choked? Where are the, what are those thorns in my life? And the beauty of this kingdom is that there is grace. <laughs> that no matter how many times we get it wrong, no matter how many times we're hard soil, no matter how many times we're shallow, no matter how many times we focus on the thorns, uh, there's always grace. And communion is a table of grace. And so for you here today, uh, we, don't, we don't play goalie uh, around the communion table. This is for any of us that say we want to we wanna place everything at the feet of Jesus, at the cross. We want to make this bold statement that says Jesus was God in the flesh and his body was broken on the cross and his blood was shed on that cross for the forgiveness of my sins so that his spirit can live in me, so that the kingdom of God can be in me. Uh, and if that's your heartbeat, uh, would you join us for communion today? So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing one last song and share communion together. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you so much for your kingdom. I thank you that there is more going on in the universe than what I see with my eyes. And Jesus, I pray that you will open my ears. Jesus, I pray that you will open the ears of every single person sitting in this room today. And Jesus, I pray that you will transform us through your word, through your stories, through your parable today. Jesus, where am I hard soil? Where am I not allowing you to speak into my life? 
Where am I not allowing you to shape me, to change me? And where am I not just understanding you? Jesus, where am I in shallow soil? Where is my faith shallow? Those times that I treat you like a genie, those times that I follow you just so that I can get something out of it. And Jesus, what are the thorns in my life? What are those things that are choking me? My worries. Jesus, make my heart, make my soul, make my mind good soil today. Help me to listen to you. Make my heart good soil by listening to you today. It's in your name we pray. Amen.